As the Biden administration takes over, it's probably not thinking about robotic process automation, but maybe it should. More than three years after NASA became the first agency to test out robotic process automation, agencies have developed hundreds of RPA bots. The level of automation has saved agencies hundreds of thousands of work hours just in the last year. And that's only the beginning, as some agencies look at running bots round the clock. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with more. And Jory, robotic process automation is something I guess we didn't know is growing so fast. Give us some of the numbers here. Yeah, just in the past year, there's been really an explosion in just the quantity of bots that have been deployed by agencies. This is all coming out from the Federal Community of Practice for RPA. And they found in a report released late last year that the number of RPA bots more than doubled between 2019 and 2020 from just over 200 bots to 460. It's not just the quantity of bots we're talking about here. We're also talking about an increase in maturity of RPA programs at agencies. This is all based off of a multi-criteria scorecard they've been working on, but they concluded there was a 70% increase in the level of maturity of RPA programs between 2019 and 2020. And I guess for agencies, the first goal was seeing if they could develop RPA bots, robotic process automation. It's a piece of software. What's the next big goal as they field them? Yeah, well, the next big thing here is moving from attended bots to unattended bots. The idea right now is that for the vast majority of bots that are being deployed right now, they are working the same kind of hours that federal employees are. Basically, a federal employee logs on to their agency-issued laptop, and then they run the bot from there using their login. And so they're kind of working in tandem as a team. The real value add is having these bots work 24 hours a day when the employee is not logged in. And so we are seeing a couple of agencies look in that direction. NASA's Shared Services Center, for example, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the Shared Services Center at NASA started work on an RPA security plan last year to set unattended bots in motion. And over at USPTO, they said last year that they are looking at moving bots off of employees' laptops and onto a centralized platform. So a couple of things that we're keeping an eye at on there. I can see why agency management might like the bots because they don't get overtime. They don't have to have a TSP contribution or retirement contribution, and they never join a union. So maybe we'll see more and more of these uh, bots. And, Jory, what do agencies need to start with the unattended bots? Are there regulations or rules surrounding something that's set and forget and put it out on the net? It really focuses on two things here, security and credentialing. On the security piece of things, we saw some recent developments from the Veterans Affairs Department. They're standing up an enterprise-wide platform to standardize how the agency vets and reviews bots. We saw an update from that from Dirk Barano, who's an IT specialist at VA. And at a recent ATART conference, he gave an update on what that platform is going to look like. We've actually started to integrate security and privacy into the bot development lifecycle to ensure that as the bot is developed and deployed, we've already met the requirements that you need to actually get that thing Deployed. And that's Dirk Barrado again, an IT specialist at VA. On the credentialing piece, we have seen NASA's Shared Services Center come a long way with this. They have a quirk where they've been naming their bots after presidents in chronological order. So they started with George Washington, and they put him to work in their financial management section. And as they got better and better with this, they were looking to expand the use cases. But rather than give George Washington multiple credentials, they actually spun up a new bot, John Adams. So one would handle the accounts receivable, and the others would handle the accounts payable. We heard from Jim Walker, who is now the chief technology officer at UiPath, but 
was a former NASA shared services executive who oversaw this RPA rollout. And Walker said that agencies have come a long way with the credentialing piece of things with RPA. Agencies are finally getting back to what we thought when we first started this at NASA. Think of them as teleworkers. And how does a teleworker traverse boundaries? They traverse boundaries with good auditable credentials. They have single sign-on. They use VPN. They have roles-based access. Your automation, attended or an unattended robot, needs to have that at its very core because then everyone's able to think about it. These aren't anything special. They're emulating existing processes you do. And that's Jim Walker, again, the chief technology officer over at UiPath. I can hardly wait for the Trump bot. That should be an interesting one, but I guess years to go before we see that one. And Jory, where are agencies actually spending the most attention on botizing, if you will? What processes do they want to robotically automate? Well, we just talked a moment ago about financial management over at NASA Shared Services Center, and that is really a good indicator for where other agencies have been spending their attention with RPA. About half of the RPA use cases identified by the federal RPA community of practice are going towards financial management. A distant second is for acquisitions and right along there in third is 13% of use cases were identified for IT and cybersecurity. And as for whether that grows or that moves the needle anywhere is really contingent on those security and credentialing pieces. For more on that, we heard from former DHS CISO Paul Beckman, and he said that RPA in this area could really be a double-edged sword. It can empower cybersecurity analysts. On the other hand, it can really raise the stakes when it comes to insider threats. I worry sometimes about what RPA is going to enable from a malicious side of the house. And what an insider with, you know, who is a tech savvy kind of individual, what they would be able to do in leveraging RPA uh, in a very bad way. The, you know, in, in a very manual process, the amount of data one can collect and exfiltrate is probably limited because it's a human doing it. But when you enable an RPA to go collect and exfiltrate uh, information at machine speed, it's something that worries me uh, at some points in time. And that's former Homeland Security Chief Information Security Officer Paul Beckman. And Jory, is there evidence that agencies are getting better at this as they design and roll out more and more RPA bots? Something the federal RPA community practice also identified is that agencies are moving towards a centers of excellence model for rolling out RPA. What that really means is that there's a single hub that manages customers across the entire agency. And so what that really means is that not everyone's knocking on the door of the chief information officer who already has plenty to do for the agency. The CIO does vet the software, the RPA software initially, but from there on, Walker said that it really comes down to the COE level for them to identify where they can automate and how to optimize that automation. I would not want you to think that a process being automated has to go to your CIO for change management. I believe they're at your COE where the software has already been approved to work. So what you're testing is, is this function that we did manually performing the way we expected it to perform in an automated fashion? And again, that's Jim Walker, the CTO over at UiPath. So basically then the outlook for robotic process automation bots, pretty bright. Yeah, yeah. We, again, we've seen kind of the tip of the iceberg here, but there are good things in the years ahead. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thank you. Thanks, Tom. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First. Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person, 
or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.